This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Fryer with a nice crossover. Dish out to Dukeshire. Top of the key. Yes! Abby Dukeshire now with 24 points in the game. And she is a one-woman wrecking crew. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Looks inside. Now back high on the left for Nielsen. Right side. Here's Schultz. Open three-pointer. You back. Harley Schultz. Cold-blooded here in the fourth quarter. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this? Some of the Region 1 girls basketball tournament there on our open. We're going to get to that a little bit later on in the show as we have number one Kindred going up against number two Lisbon in the Region 1 standings. And now that'll be on Friday night. You can listen to that right here on 740 The Fan. But Brad, let's talk hockey. We got on the Minnesota side of the river. They're now into tournament play. On the North Dakota side, we are getting to state hockey for the boys and the girls. That's going to be at the Ralph and Grand Forks. That starts up tomorrow afternoon and goes all day Thursday, all day Friday before the champions are crowned on Saturday night. As we take a look at the boys' side early on, what is a matchup or two that you're going to circle and say this might be a little bit of an upset or maybe might be a head-scratcher as we get into the games on Thursday? Let's uh, go with the boys' side first. There's a couple that uh, intrigue me. One, uh, Bismarck and Red River. That is, I don't know, if, especially when, when Davies beat Red River in the semis, you're going to look and say, there is a quarterfinal that you're not going to be able to avoid a really good team getting bounced in the first round, and this is it with Bismarck and Red River. It's going to be really interesting. Davies and Jamestown, we're going to talk with Scott Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, here in a moment. They haven't faced off yet. Jamestown's got a very good goaltender, veteran coach, and Matt Stockard. And it's been a few years since they've uh, come back. But uh, I would say those two uh, on the boys' side, I think, intrigue me. On the girls' side, you know, Minot and Davies, four and five, is going to be interesting. You're looking at potentially a Bismarck-West Fargo semifinal. North-South's got a really, really very high-scoring and impressive top line. Uh, those top three scores basically lead the state between Grayson Myers, Avery Myers, and Anna Erickson. And then oh, Britta Curls at 46 points, and she's only played 15 games because she was on that uh, uh, U.S. Uh, US junior uh, development squad. Um, but that's going to be interesting. I don't know if, if the first round games, I don't know if there'll be a lot of surprises, but what, once you get it into the semis, that's when it's going to get good. Is there any going to be surprises? Is there maybe a Cinderella or a dark horse? Anytime we get to this part of the year, you always kind of maybe circle a team and say, if they can do this well, they can make a run to the championship game. Maybe not necessarily win it, but depending on the matchups with the brackets, is a Grafton Park River, for example, that on the boys' side, is there someone else outside of the Fargo schools on the girls' side that might be able to make a run at the state championship? You know, on the boys' side, I don't know if you want to call Davies an underdog, but I guess they are. They've never really been able to advance to a final yet, and granted it's you know still fairly young in their existence, but I would say whoever comes out of there, you've got Century and Davies, and we've seen Bismarck High have a good run at the state tournament um, Bismarck Century, very much a high-scoring line, and I don't know if there's quite the balance out west that there is here in the east, but I think with one of those teams, with Central and Red River potentially squaring off in a semifinal, that kind of opens the door for one of those teams to slide in on that top half of the bracket and get to the final. On the girls' side, I I don't know. Maybe Davies at number four, but I just think uh, I think North-South, Bismarck, and West Fargo, I think, are just above the rest of the pack. And, and that's the thing about girls hockey. If you've got one really good line or you've got even one or two really good scores and some solid, if you have just enough goaltending, that's going to make all the difference in the world, especially 
going to be playing in a big sheet of ice, so it's going to be really wide open. It is the Olympic arena out there, uh, up there. That is no doubt about it. You're seeing the Olympics, or you've been hearing about it. Now they get to experience it live in person coming up uh, tomorrow. So, again, the girls and the boys state hockey tournament in North Dakota starts up from the Ralph tomorrow. Uh, Brad, we had the Minnesota section start up here last night. The Moorhead Spuds with a very convincing win over Rogers. They get St. Cloud, who bounced Rozo. So, Moorhead Spuds, Brad, a step closer now to finding their way back into the state tournament. Just doing a little research here. They lost 3 nothing to Hill Murray on Saturday in the regular season finale, which is, quite honestly, probably a blip on the radar. Uh, in this uh, in this stretch of games, they've won 9 of 10 now. They've given up 8 goals. I mean, they're they're scoring with with Ranclev and the crew, but Lance Leonard and Nett's been awfully good, and uh, that's that's a good sign. I mean, when, when you know, and you're not going to have a lot of 6-5, six, 7-6 six games this time of year. It's going to be 3-1, 4-2, and... and the Spuds certainly have the depth and the firepower to uh, to make a run. And if uh, if Leonard solid a net, they, uh, the the Spuds are in good shape. They uh, they just shut out St. Cloud here uh, less than a month ago. It was the end of January, three uh, nothing at the Morehead Sports Center, and they they get them back on uh, home ice again Saturday night. And that will be a fun one to watch. There, who they'll play is either going to be St. Michael Albertville or Brainerd. After Brainerd knocked off Amidji and St. Michael Albertville over Buffalo, so that's a preview of the semifinals in Section Eight Double A. Brad in Section Six A in the quarterfinals. A local team, Fergus Falls, they dropped to Alexandria six to two, and then you had St. Cloud Cathedral, no problem with Wadena Deer Creek. Any surprises in the Section Six A quarterfinals? For state hockey, you had River Lakes over Little Falls and Sartell also over Prairie Center. That's going to be a St. Cloud Cathedral section to lose. They are they are very uh, they are a very very solid squad. Section Eight A is going to be interesting. Uh, East Grand Forks has played some very stiff competition, and I would say the. Uh, Green wave of a good chance, but 8A is going to be really interesting up to the north, too. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. We're going to sit down with Fargo Davies head coach and talk a little bit about their boys' hockey season so far and what to expect when they play Jamestown tomorrow at the state tournament. Also, we'll recap what's happened across the state of North Dakota in Region 1 girls basketball. And, oh, by the way, Fargo Davies is a step closer for clinching the regular EDC title in boys' hoops after an impressive win over West Fargo Cheyenne. That's all on the way next. It's Prep Spotlight on 740. The fan. Back on Prep Spotlight, 740 The Fan, 740TheFan.com, and 107.3 FM in uh, the Fargo Moorhead areas. It is a state hockey weekend in North Dakota at the uh, Ralph Engelstead Arena in Grand Forks. And the uh, Davies Eagles had themselves a good East Region tournament. Uh, runners up, number two seed out of the East as they get ready for the state quarterfinals on Thursday. Head coach Scott Peterson on his uh, second season joins us. First of all, uh, thank you for uh, a few minutes here before you guys head off to uh, to state earlier or later this week. I'm excited to do that. You know, our boys have been doing a lot of good things, so it's nice to have a little bit of publicity. You still have a relatively young team. I want to hit on that a little bit later, but going to the um, to the East Region Tournament, had, uh, had a home game, got a first-round win at home, and it had to be a... A huge win for your guys over Red River in the semifinals. Uh, highlight that first. We've, we've played Red River tight twice this year. The second game, the scoreboard didn't really show up, but we played really well. And, you know, it's nice to get that victory, to get a little bit of confidence. And more importantly, it was important to get our ticket punched for the state tournament. It's so much easier to sleep that Friday night knowing that you're automatically in. You had the game earlier in the year with it that went to the the numerous rounds of the shootout, and then they uh, you mentioned five nothing. That was your last loss. And what was the what was the difference this time around in the um, in the semifinals against them? 
you know, I think it was our start. We came out really well in the first period, and we kind of took it to them, kind of punched them in the mouth. And, you know, they took a long time to recover from that. And, you know, it's we're just kind of slowly developing as a team and getting to where we need to be and trying to peak here in February. Well, I think everybody looks every year probably at Central and Red River in, in, in some order, and it's going to kind of wait to see year by year who uh, who's going to try and make that next step. Early in the year, Grafton Park River played well. You guys have been pretty consistent all season long, though, and you, you proved you know early in the year with Central and Red River that uh, you guys weren't intimidated by them at all. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're gaining confidence, and for some reason people keep looking past us. I think it's probably because we haven't had the tournament success as a program yet, but, you know, teams sleep on us. I think they're going to be really awakened because, you know, we got a lot of really good kids on our team and we're doing a lot of really good things on the ice and, you know, we can compete with anybody in the state. Uh, just taking a look at your scoring, uh, two of your three uh, top scorers are sophomores. You know, it's nice. We got a, kind of a real good mix. Our sophomores uh, offensively have helped out quite a bit and we've got a strong sophomore crew on the defense. So, you know, we got our young kids are doing uh, what they need to do. They're growing and developing, and, you know, our seniors are doing the same thing. So it's we kind of got a good mix right now. Did you see right away, or did it take some time maybe for those guys that were freshmen and sophomores getting another year of varsity experience? Was there a point in the season where you, you could see the maturity and maybe see the, uh, see the talent level and just kind of see everything make its way up, not just to the varsity level, but to uh, top half of the EDC? As an example of, you know, we come to the rink every day and we focus on developing and growing. And, you know, the kids did a great job of coming with the right mindset day in and day out. And, you know, we got better almost every day at practice. So, you know, by doing the right things in practice kind of put us in this position. Um, it was, it's fun watching kids develop and grow. That's the fun part about coaching high school kids. You know, they're willing to learn and they work hard and they get paid off in the end. Scott Peterson's the head coach of the uh, Davies Eagles hockey team here on Prep Spotlight and 740 The Fan. And uh, we can't mention your team. You, your team has given up a goal and a half per game, and the uh, the young man between the pipes, Jared Winter, is a big reason why. Well, absolutely. I think Jared is one of the best goaltenders, if not the best goaltender in the state. Um, as a sophomore, he played pretty much all of our games, and you know he made amazing saves with his scrambling ability and this year, he's even better with his positioning and his first save approach. And, you know, it's pr- pretty disappointing that he didn't get uh, all-conference this year. Um, like I said, I think he's one of the best goaltenders, and he showed that this weekend against Red River and Central. Um, but, you know, he gives us an opportunity to be successful against anybody we play against. And really, for the most part, uh, especially maybe in some of those semi-games, even some of those state qualifiers, there weren't a lot of high-scoring, you know, a lot of 5-4 type of games. That's what hockey is come February. You know, it's in November, December, it's pretty easy to score goals. And you look at the score sheets, a lot of teams have put up a lot of goals. But, you know, teams tighten down, get get pretty tight come February. And hockey's a defensive game, and that's where we start our focus. And you start with a good goaltender like we have. It's, it makes it fun for us. You mentioned your uh, your defensive guys, all underclassmen, uh, man of the blue line for you, Tyler Clevin, uh, Briar Sylvester, among others. And uh, that's got to be encouraging. You're going to get to winter back next year and all these guys coming back. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, you got to look in the here and now, but boy, you look in the future. It's got to be uh, a lot of fun for you to, uh, to think about that. Oh, absolutely. You know, we are going to have our number one and three score back. We have 
pretty much all of or actually all of our defense been back and even going down into our JV program, even though we're going to be losing 12 seniors, our JV kids have made huge progress this year and developed and grown quite a bit. And so, you know, it's the big thing with us is we're not putting all our eggs in one year. We want to be one of the top programs in the state. We just, we don't want to be just a good team one year. We want to be in that conversation with the Red Rivers, the uh, Centrals, the Bismarck Highs every year, not just one year. You'll be in game two on Thursday and a team you haven't uh, seen this year in the Jamestown Blue Jays. Uh, any kind of scouting report uh, that you've received so far in Jamestown? First and foremost, they have a really, really good goaltender. I believe their goaltender is up for the Senior Athlete Award, so that's obviously quite a task. Um, so, you know, we really have to focus on finding ways to find goals, but, you know, EDC, or excuse me, the state tournament, you have 20 guys who've been dreaming their entire hockey career for that weekend. They're going to all show up and play. There's, you got to expect that it's going to be their best effort date or every shift. Matthew Schneider, the uh, the Jamestown goalie, but uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's out of all the teams you'd face most of the teams, but that's just one that you didn't get to in the, uh, the regular season. It's been, I think, about five years since they've been back as well. Like I said, it was a few years since they were back, but, you know, it's, it only takes one game to upset you, so we got to come with our A game, and I know their coaching staff and what they do, so I know they'll do the bring the right things, they have right strategy, and we need to do the same thing and match their intensity and focus. You know, you and I were talking about before we went on about uh, the pairings, and I, I, you know, obviously you got to you got to take care of things, you know, one game, one day at a time. But uh, you look at the draw; you got the Central schools and the other, or the Grand Forks schools, Central and Red River on one side, and Bismarck High. And, You've got to be encouraged on uh, on your side of the bracket if you can take care of uh, take care of things on your own. Well, absolutely. You know, like like you said, the Grand Forks schools in the same bracket is good, but you know we can't look past uh, Jamestown or the other two teams, uh, Century and Grafton. There, like I said, there's not going to be an easy matchup going through this tournament, and you know we just need to focus on playing our game, doing the right things, and. I think we should be okay. Uh, looking at those uh, schools out west, you got a chance to face uh, Bismarck and Century. You know, Bismarck's got uh, two high-scoring forwards. Bismarck's a little more uh, focused on uh, on defense. But, you know, those two schools have an you know, interesting Minot didn't make it this year. But uh, the, the teams out west, I think, have slowly ha- established themselves that uh, they're not, not going to be an easy out, and they're, they're certainly a legitimate chance to uh, at least get to the final. Oh, absolutely. You know, you look at the past couple tournaments, West teams are definitely in the conversation. And we know that, you know, I think out West has really focused on catching up, doing the skill development. I think they do a lot strategy wise, a little bit more than what we do out East. But like I said, it's to sleep on the West, like we, like back in the nineties and stuff like that is silly. You know, they got a lot of good talented kids and well-coached. It's going to be interesting. It's always fun. Just kind of looking at things, even the Fargo, I mean, I know youth hockey is, uh, it seems like the, the participation and the numbers are there. I think, you know, the Squirt International Tournament was here uh, this past weekend. And uh, have you seen that in as far as the numbers and the quality of players coming through your program, that, that the talent-wise and numbers-wise are, are pretty good around here? You know, it's getting better. Um, you know, this is only my second year here at Davies. But I'm seeing good numbers, and I think there's a lot of really good people in the youth program that are doing the right things for the kids. The kids are developing the skills and doing the things they need to be to be successful in the sport. There's a big gap between what 
like Moorhead does and what other Grand Forks schools do. But I think we're getting closer. I think the right people are in charge doing the right things. And I see Fargo hockey growing. Scott Peterson, head uh, boys hockey coach of the Davies Eagles. They will have the second quarter final uh, r- roughly around 2.30 to 3 o'clock on Thursday as they will take on uh, Jamestown. Coach, appreciate it, and the best of luck in Grand Forks. Thank you very much. Scott Peterson, head hockey coach at Fargo Davies. We'll uh, switch gears, talk basketball next. Prep Spotlight continues on the fan after this. Um, from last year to this year, it was a big help, actually. Just getting the feel of it and, like, the lighting and everything. And then, like, taking Michaela Ranke's role, like, I saw, like, when I was younger, playing with her last year, I'm like, that's what a good leader is. And so, like, I was, my job this year was to be like that. Eighth grade Abby Dukesher. I don't know how much younger she could get, Brad, talking about her seventh grade role last year on the state championship team for the Kindred Vikings. They survive in advance over Fargo Oak Grove last night, 56 to 41. They'll go up against the Lisbon Broncos in the Region 1 championship. Edgar Lisbon defeated Central Cast 58 to 51. That'll be set for Friday night. But, Brad, I don't know how many more adjectives or words you can come up with. Abigail Dukesher, who's not even has a driver's license yet and not even in high school, and what she's done these past two seasons for the kindred vikings do we call her a grizzled veteran at age 13 <laughs> yeah. then or uh, what uh, i had uh, i had a good friend of mine a uh, a parent of a uh, uh from a region one school that uh, says we're just kind of talking about how you try to defend her and says she dribbles faster than anybody can run and that's uh i think that's the thing that's just been so impressive is how much her game, and she was pretty good at the varsity level as a seventh grader, just her, how much her all-around game is just so solid at that age. I mean, and you start comparing her, and like I said, the comparison I threw was Riley Nudell from Maple Valley when she was that age, and, and Riley Nudell was a good scorer, and they leaned on her very hard. Dukesher's right there. I mean, it's, it's and just her all-around game, the way she handles the ball, the way she plays defense, the way she can run the floor, and... Like I said, they're, they're leaning really hard on her, but she, it doesn't seem to phase her at all. The Kindred Vikings have a trio of eighth graders who have continued to com- perform really well with a handful of seniors, and Tori Brott had a big game, one of those seniors, last night for the Kindred Vikings. You look at who they're matching up with now, Brad, the Lisbon Broncos, pretty much the only team that starts all seniors, you know, in Region 1 play. They have a handful of juniors, I believe nine upperclassmen on the team for head coach of Barbara Sweep, Sweet and what she's been able to do this year with the Lisbon Broncos. And, Hey, they had Kindred the first time on the ropes. Kindred comes back and wins in overtime. It's region, it's Class B, so you really only play each other once unless you maybe match up in a Bonanza or a tournament. What's going to change this time for Lisbon, or what has to change this time for Lisbon to knock off the state champs? Well, I think the I think the whole uh, the whole nerves thing has to go away now, and I wonder if maybe the extra day helps that. I'm not sure, but they admittedly. They were a little nervous going into this, even though it was all seniors. This was new. Uh, this was uncharted waters, as uh, they had not gotten to this point, and they definitely haven't gotten to this point. I think probably in 20 years. The last time they made the state was '98, and I'm trying to recall if they've made a region or a region final since then, and I don't believe they have. Um, but yeah, they got up to a, got up to a fast start the first time around. They played actually led the entire game. Kindred caught them at uh, at the end of regulation and beat them in overtime. Lisbon's going to be able to have to handle that press, and they're going to have to get. Not so much get low post looks, but they're going to have to convert on low post looks. I think they got looks, but Lions didn't have a great game. Geyer probably admittedly didn't have her best game. And they're going to have to be honest, keep them honest from the outside. I think uh, we'll see how Kindred defends. If, if they go in that zone and really pressure the perimeter to try and take Schultz and Ranky away, that's going to be key for Kindred to try and shut down Lisbon. The Broncos, I think, 
we saw Kindred a little bit of a little bit of weakness handling the glass in the uh, in the first half on Tuesday night against Oak Grove. Uh, can't do that against this Lisbon team. They'll eat you up. Region 1 Girls Basketball Tournament continues. We'll know seven teams at the state tournament by the time the Region 1 continues here on Friday night. We'll have both games for you. The third place game with Fargo Oak Grove and alongside Central Cast at 6th and then around 7.30 on Friday night the championship with Kindred and the Lisbon Broncos. Both games right here on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Brad, quickly what was one or two scores that stood out across the state last night in region play? You, you, we've whittled the teams now down from, uh, you know, 32 teams are alive, 16 teams are alive still for a state championship. Is Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page, the Cinderella story, and out in region three, the meat grinder continues. No question about that. And uh, you got a new region champion there, and you got uh, you knew you were going to get two good ones at the end, and it's going to be uh, Carrington and Medina, Pingree, Buchanan. But, yeah, how about Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page, and, we talked about Hillsborough. We talked about Grafton and Thompson over the course of the years. And here uh, Sparty gets uh, kind of lying in the weeds there at number six. And uh, to their credit, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad club. They've got, uh, they've had some seniors that have played for a long time. Sierra Jacobson's a 1,000 point scorer. Michaela Koenig's a nice player. Dakota Bergstrom. And, um, you know, that was, that was a team that's been, that's been competitive. They've had some success in volleyball with a lot of these girls and, They've always been competitive, just haven't been able to reach that level of the Thompsons of the Hillsborough Central Valleys in recent years. And, you know, heck of a run. And, and they played, if I remember correctly, yeah, they played Thompson very good, very tough in the regular season. It was a two-point game back in mid-December. So uh, if those if those veteran guards can come through, you just never know. I mean, that, that, might, be, uh, that might be your big surprise there. Uh, Region 7, we nearly saw Kildare get uh, bumped off in the first round, but they have survived. And then... Out in Region 8, you've got Watford City saying goodbye to Class B for a little while against uh, one of the smaller schools left in Mandaree. So you've got big school, small school out west. It's going to be a lot of fun once we get to Thursday again. Region 1, the reason why they're playing on Friday instead of Thursday, simple fact, because of the NDSU women's basketball, men's basketball team, they kind of own that court in terms of they're, they're the permanent tenants and the region tournament's just a temporary one. That is the reason why for Friday night. And Brett, uh, our final th- thing here before we go, Class A, man. EDC, Bart Manson's got his club continuing to tick and tick and tick. They knock off West Fargo Cheyenne with the win against the West Fargo Packers on uh, tomorrow night. We'll have it for you right here on the fan. They automatically clinch the number one seed in the EDC and that could be big once we get to the EDC tournament because if you're on one side of the bracket, maybe you don't see a West Fargo West Fargo Cheyenne if you're Bart Manson's club again. Tell the championship if you take care of business and you win here tomorrow night. That's a very good point. You could let the Packers and, uh, and the Mustangs perhaps slug it out in the other semifinal like they did last year and that would uh, you'd still get a Shanley or a South which would be very interesting and be curious to see in uh, some of these playing games uh, it's like Red River will get Valley City maybe North and Central Wapit and Devils Lake they just played last week we'll see if any of those teams you know North has played so many teams tight this year and mm-hmm. you just wonder if if they are hanging around that last day of the tournament if they might be able to pull off a, a surprise there you know, on the girls' side, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Davies, if they uh, take care of West Fargo, will get the number one seed. Shanley sitting there at number two. Got a big win at Red River uh, last night, winning by six. Cheyenne Devils Lake is going to be a huge game, basically playing for, for home court and to face each other again on Tuesday. And you got an interesting battle, six, seven, and eight. Valley City North and West Fargo, all pretty much guaranteed uh, home matchups, just going to be uh, depending on who they get in the playing round Saturday. 
Speaking about playing rounds, tomorrow night you're going to be in uh, Tower City, Fargo, Oak Grove, and Maple Valley. There might be a playing game depending <laughs> on what happens with the result of that game. And we're going to have a couple of games here on the on the fan tomorrow night. West Fargo at Fargo Davies for the doubleheader. Uh, the Fargo Davies Eagles on the girls' side, they're not going to be playing in the play-in, nor are the boys. The West Fargo Packers on the boys' side won't be playing in the play-in, but the girls will. Uh, Bragg, what do you think tomorrow night's going to hold with the Grovers and the Raiders? Uh, well, it was a nice win for Maple valley they won at richland tuesday night they're gonna need a win to guarantee a top three spot otherwise a loss and they'll need some help the other game to keep an eye on as far as those top three seeds in region one tri-state winebeer lidgerwood tri-state gets a win they could climb up to the number two seed it's the quickest half hour in sports well maybe not but it's the prep spotlight he's brad anderson i'm chase miller thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next wednesday for another edition of prep spotlight on 740 the fan Control you, uh, look into my